What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jesse Mann from Eastern Kentucky. Jesse does some work with Out on a Limb, and he specializes in one sticking, the climbing method where you use one stick. Now, right off the back here, I do want to make you guys aware we did use Zoom to record this episode, and Jesse was driving through the hills of eastern Kentucky, and we had some technical difficulties. We made it through, so just bear with us here with this episode. There's some really good information that we need to get out. Please stick it out. I apologize for any of the technical difficulties, making it a little bit more difficult to listen to, but I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Before we get into this episode, man, we have so much exciting stuff going on here at Exodus. The Exodus MMT arrows are shipping. We're building them every single day. All hands on deck getting these arrows out to you guys. Thank you so much for all the support here. If you are still on the fence here, you do still have the ability to win a dozen of the Exodus MMTs. All you have to do is leave me a five-star written review wherever you listen to the podcast. That goes for the Deer Gear podcast, the Land podcast, and the Exodus podcast. We're giving away five dozen arrows. Really awesome opportunity to get your hands on the first edition Exodus MMT hunting arrows. Also, man, today... July 15th, we kick off our Velvet Fest celebration. Every year we do this, it's time to start getting excited. This marks the official start of deer season across the country. This is Velvet Fest. To celebrate July 15th through August 19th, we're going to have a bunch of savings, starting with 20% off when you order two renders or two render bundles. So this is a 2-4 deal. All you have to do is purchase two renders or two render bundles and use the code VELVETFEST at checkout and you'll save 20% on that. So really good way to get some cell cameras out for this coming year. If you do order those cell cameras, please get them out in the woods as soon as you can. Make sure they're working properly. Make sure you know how to operate the user interface. Uh, make sure you know the ins and outs of the app. Get that stuff done now before season comes around and it's too late. That 20% off savings is going to be good for two weeks while supplies last. So don't miss out on this stuff, guys. Act fast. Velvet Fest is here. Arrows are shipping. Man, what a time to be a deer hunter. It's time to get excited, guys. With that being said, let's get into today's podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jesse Mann, and as I've recently found out and can hear from his voice, he is from Kentucky. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Just finished up a full day of editing and excited to sit down and talk about something fun, uh, talk about some, some hunting gear. You reached out to me on Facebook and kind of gave me a little bit about what you got going on, and I was like, yep. Definitely going to talk to this guy because if you heard the episode that I talked with Christopher Leppert, and I've talked to a few other guys about it, one sticking's in my future. I know it's part of the journey. I know I'm going to have to try it someday, and I need to learn more about it, and I think you're the man for that. Yeah, man, no doubt. Uh, I know Chris well. Uh, he's going to be hosting that Mobile Hunters Expo in Ohio. That's going to be a fun time. Um like you said, he's a he's a big one sticker too, so he kind of knows the ins and outs of the of the one sticking game. I know a tad bit about it, but I got to be honest with you, I saw it and I was like, man, that looks like a lot of work. And like anything, everyone sees that and they're like, oh, that looks like too much work. And then you talk to people that do it, and they're like, well, it's actually easier than you think it is. So I'm excited to learn more. But before we dive all the way into one sticking and everything you need to know about it, give people and myself uh, some background about yourself. So yeah, man. Like you said, I'm uh, I'm from Eastern Kentucky. I was born and raised in Eastern Kentucky. Um, I grew up hunting uh, pretty much my entire life with my grandfather, uh, mostly just gun hunting. Uh, we used to do a lot of turkey hunting, though. That's kind of where I cut my teeth uh, is in the turkey woods. You know, really, I didn't start I didn't start bow hunting until I was in college. Actually, I had a couple of buddies in college that were into it, and uh, I kind of just fell in with them. I think I started saddle hunting back in 2018. Uh, before then, I was just hunting out of a climber. Um, so I've kind of made the progression uh, with mobile hunting, uh, just trying to get lighter and faster, man, really just more efficient. You know, I didn't, I never really hunted from a hang on a lot. Uh, you know, like most guys will move from a climber to a hang on to, you know, the saddle stuff. 
So I was coming straight from like a uh, old man uh, climber, was like thirty pound climber, to you know carrying total weight fifteen pounds with my saddle stuff. So it was you know it was a huge difference, and I feel like I've been way more efficient, especially starting the one sticky stuff. Yeah, that's a that is skipping some steps there. I went from a climber yeah. to like a, a set stand where I'm setting my hang on stand and then I'm taking a stand in on my back. And then now uh, for the last three years, I either hunt on the ground or I hunt out of a saddle. So pretty similar progression. You just skipped a few steps there. And I myself only started bow hunting when I graduated college. I didn't start, I didn't pick up a bow. I bought myself a bow when I graduated college. So I've only been bow hunting myself for six years. So hopefully we That's can crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. So That's awesome. Hopefully we can learn something from each other here. What was your initial attraction to one sticking? Obviously being light, but I think a lot of people have that same feeling when they see what goes into one sticking. They just immediately like, nope, that looks like too much work. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it can be pretty daunting for the, um, especially, you know, a guy that's not already saddle hunting. Like if you get a guy coming from hunting out of a mobile hang on stand, you know, when they see one sticking, they're just, you know, just like I was out of the climber, I'm like, what is this that these guys are talking about? Like, this is, this is insane. You know, like the whole, uh, the whole idea of propelling and moving the stick and hanging off the tree. I, you know, honestly, I thought it was really goofy when I first seen it. I was like, there's no way I'll ever one stick. And then I, you know, I moved on. I had a set of, uh, I had a set of XLP sticks like Chad. Uh, I think I had the exact same sticks. And then just like a, uh, I had like a trophy line EDP platform, which I still love. Um, so that was kind of the start of my, uh, saddle hunting gear. And then I kind of moved on to the one sticking. So the process for that was, um, I had built my own one stick. Uh, so if you get on Eastern woods outdoors, you can buy like the posts, um, and, you know, and they'll, uh, they'll do all the work for you with the drilling. And, uh, so I had kind of built my own one stick and I was just one sticking with like a 12 inch one stick. And then I had my, uh, trophy line ADP with that. Um, and that was a pretty good system for a while, but, um, I kind of felt like there was a missing link to the one sticking community. Like I, you know, I felt like there was a missing piece of gear there. And then that's when, um, the out on the land, big Bob came out and that's been, uh, that's been a blessing. That's, I feel like that one stick has really, is is going to change the game for sure for saddle hunting, especially for one stickers. What is different? with that setup than what you were using previously. Like I said, treat me as uh, a, a super green newbie here and anyone listening, treat them like they have no clue what to even expect when to get into one sticking. So taken from one stick, carrying in a platform with you. So you would take your stick, step off the stick onto the platform. And then now with the out on a limb, Bob, this is a completely different deal. What's, what's different about it? So um, with, uh, with the one stick that I had with the trophy line platform, you know, it was just one more piece of gear I had to set up. And, you know, all the other one sticks on the market, which there's not, there's not many, uh, you know, most of the stuff you see is kind of like DIY stuff. You know, the, the problem is if you get on a leaning tree or, um, you know, you just feel like that one stick's not getting tied, you know, as tight as you want to the tree, um, you know, the, the big Bob has the ability to cam over. So the top platform, you can, you can set that just like you would like a, you know, an ADP or predator, which I think is great. I mean, because if you're, you know, it's got a leveling adjustment. So, it, you know, if you're on a leaning tree and you want that platform to be level or, you know, even angled down, you know, for leaners, I'm mostly a sitter. Uh, I sit, you know, 95% of the hunt. So um, a flat platform works better for me. But, you know, like a guy that leans all the time, he needs something that's angled, you know. So like, you know, you've always got that back and forth, you know, do I go with uh, a flat platform or an angled platform? But, you know, with the big bob, you can you can do either one at any time. You know, you're not, you're not limited to leaning or sitting. You know, you can switch the platform, you know, at any time of the hunt. I just pulled up some pictures here to take a look at it. And I used to run a top stick platform. It was the one from, uh, I forget what his name was. Zach Snyder. I think his name was, but Artisan, he yes. Yeah. Artisan fabricating. And yep. I liked it for the idea, but any chance or any time I would have to put side pressure on the top platform, my stick couldn't support it. And exactly. the ability, the ability to cam that over 
that stick over, that's going to eliminate that problem. So that's, I mean, I didn't even know that was, I didn't know that's how that operated. That is pretty freaking slick. What's that thing weigh? Yeah, it's slick, man. Uh, I think, I think like totally decked out with, uh, so mine, I have a two-step eighter and then I have the cam fleet on that. Um, I think it's looking around four and a half pounds. Matt, uh, Matt Garris over at All In, he makes, he makes two different kinds of, um, the Bob one stick. So he's got the regular Bob, which is a smaller version. And then he has the big Bob. I've never tried the other one. Uh, the one that I have is the big Bob and it's, uh, you know, I'm a guy that likes a bigger platform at the end of the day. Uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like you're kind of cheating yourself if you get a smaller platform. Yeah. Especially if you're only carrying in one thing, you might as well just take the bigger one. The smaller one, I'd have it pulled up here. It's three and a half pounds. So it's a pound different. And at the end of the day, yeah. when that's all you're taking with you, if you're, if your sticks and platform weighs four and a half pounds, I mean, what, what else do you want? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I feel like with, um, I feel like with the big Bob and, you know, the fact that you can angle that platform, um, you know, it kind of takes a little, you know, it takes some getting used to. So I don't, I don't cam that platform over on each move. So like, let's say my last move. So I usually make three moves and, um, you know, that all just depends on the cover and, you know, I'm not, I'm not chasing a number, so I'm not trying to get, you know, as high as I can, but, uh, usually on that last move, if I decide, you know, Hey, this is, a, you know, in, in this tree, I need to lean out of this tree or, you know, if the tree is uh, leaning away from me and I want that platform to be more angled, uh, that's when I would do that before. So you do that before you even hang the lot, hang it for the last time. Yeah. Cause see, that's, that's the thing with it. You can't, uh, you can't cam that over, you know, while you're on it, obviously. So you either have to do it before your last move or you have to, um, you know, kind of lower yourself down in the tree and reset the stick. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So I need to learn, I need to learn more about this whole process. So take me to the very, very basics, the very beginning. What do I need? Absolutely need to be able to one stick. Yeah. You know, like a year and a half ago, I wish that I had, and there's a lot of good guys out there on YouTube. Like uh, you got Greg Staggs and uh, Chris Lebert that you were talking about. Those guys really, you know, they have great videos explaining how to one stick. You know, when I first started, I was like, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm never going to learn how to do this because this is, you know, there's so many steps uh, it seems like, but I mean, once you get a first few climbs in, man, it just feels, you know, it just feels like you've, you've known how to do it forever. So Going through the gear list that you'll need a one stick. Obviously, you'll need the one stick. You know, I I like uh, the add on a limb stuff. Uh, I actually do some work with Matt over that on. There's plenty of other one sticks out there on the market to look into. So before you go any further into that, what does a stick actually have to have to be considered a a one stick? Rather than just taking like you could just take one stick with you into the woods, and that's not necessarily going to be a one stick. So what's it actually need to have? Okay, so I've. Uh, it's funny you ask that because I've actually I've done a lot of uh, it's a lot of trial and error stuff with the one stick. So uh, before I had a uh, trophy line wingman, uh, it was just like the you know the last stick with the Novix doubles, and that didn't have a cam fleet on it. Uh, you know it comes stock with a Versa button on it. So <laughs> trying to if if you've ever tried to one stick with a stick that has a Versa button and a cam buckle or you know a daisy chain even, you're you're just going to be miserable the entire time. I mean, there, there's just no efficient way to do that. So with the stick, you know, you could just take any old, uh, like a lone wolf stick or, you know, like a Novik stick or just whatever you have, you know, whatever you got laying around and just, you know, slap a cam fleet on there and, you know, go out in the yard, do a few climbs and see what you think before you, before you drop the big money on a one stick. The way that I've, I've had several one sticks before uh, that I've just, you know, DIY'd, um, you're going to need, you know, like I said, the cam fleet, the top of the stick platform is totally up to you. If you wanted to run a separate platform, which is what I used to do, I mean, you could totally do that and be fine. Then I would say that you're going to have to have an aider, uh, some kind of aider. Otherwise, you're not going to be, you're not going to be moving very far on your, on your move. So, for example, like my, my one stick now has, uh, has a two-step aider. And then you're going to need some kind of a one stick rope, which most guys choose um, the Amstil, the Amstil ropes. You can buy those on uh, different websites. You know, there's guys that, you know, that can use just climbing rope, I guess. But uh, most of the one sticks that you see have a like a three six three sixteenths, I think is what it is. Um, I think mine's actually one eighth uh, Amstel rope. And you can buy those directly off out on the limb or um, like the Amstel guy. 
uh, you can just get on there and buy those pretty easy. And they're not, they're not very expensive at all. So you have the stick must have a cam cleat. You need some type of aider, whether it be a two-step or three-step aider, and you need a good amp steel rope. So that is your actual stick. And there's some, there's a ton more. I shouldn't say a ton. There's some more items that you're going to need to be able to pull this off. Go through the ropes that you're going to need. Okay. So um, most guys will use a, um, well, I mean, you're going to need some kind of rappel line. So uh, I use, it's a Sterling CIV. Um, It's, you know, it's, I've got 35 foot of this stuff. And, you know, and every time you watch somebody talk about uh, one sticking, they're going to say, you're going to need 40 foot of rope. I don't really see that as necessary. I mean, I have like 35 foot of this stuff and you know, that's plenty. I don't, I don't, I don't think you need any more than that, but that's totally up to you, but you're going to need at least, you know, enough, enough rope to get out of the tree with. Um, I actually climb with my tether. I've got a tether. I don't like have it on the side of my saddle. Um, you know, cause it, it seems like it weighs the saddle down. So I don't even do that. I, I just take the extra step just to climb with my tether. And then, you know, at the end of the hunt, I'll, I'll bring out my uh, rappel line, uh, rappel device. And then, you know, you just come down the tree that way. What's your rappel device of choice? The one I'm using now, um, I don't really, it's not the best. I, I mean, I don't necessarily recommend it. It seems like it's easier for newer guys to try to, to, try to use it. Um, it's Smart 2.0. And uh, it's a cheaper rappel device. I think it only, I think it runs about 30, but you don't even need to spend that much. You could, I mean, a lot of guys are doing it with a, with a figure eight, with a figure eight. And that seems to be working pretty well for guys. Now it's a little bit more finicky than, you know, like a Madrox safeguard or um, something like that. You know, I feel like a lot of new one stickers think that they have to have the Madrox safeguard. And I'm sure that is great, but you don't have to have it. So, I mean, don't feel like you have to, you have to find one. You can, you can find other ways to propel the tree. That would have been me. That would, that would have been the first thing I said. It was like, oh, I got to have the Madrox safeguard because that seems yeah, to be exactly. what everyone's using. You know, I'm sure that it's good, but it's it's super. What is retail on that? I think the Madrox runs, I think it's actually in stock right now. It's tethered. Uh, I think they run about $90. Okay, yeah, that's not, I mean, that's not like, that's not ridiculous. No, are, yeah, no, it's not that bad. They are selling them. I have seen them for like 250 bucks. I was like, man, how can anyone? Okay, yeah, Mad Rock Safeguard, 89.95 on Tether's website right now. So I guess if you do think you need to have that, there you go. You have your ropes. You have your stick. Where are you storing all of your ropes? You have 35 foot of rope on you. Okay, so the pack that I run right now is a, um, I kind of switch between these two packs. I've got a, um, it's an Everly Stock F1 mainframe. Uh, with the bat wings, and then I have an Everly Sock Bandit pack. Um, and 35 foot of the CIV really, I mean, it doesn't take up much space at all. You could put it in a dump pouch. Um, so, you know, like most guys already have pouches on their saddles. So you could just throw that in the pouch. Um, there's tons of options for that. Uh, there's guys that's, you know, running the roll pouches, which seem good from Tethered. Um, you have, you know, just your regular Amazon dump pouches. Um, I just prefer to keep mine in my pack because it, you know, like I said, it weighs down the saddle. Yeah, you, you'll be sagging, sagging pretty bad. The tethered suspenders okay. might, might be a, might be a necessity there. Um, that man, that bandit, Everly Stock Bandit Pack's pretty popular pack. I talked to, oh, you have it right there. Yeah, that thing looks, right here. That thing looks pretty nice. I, I got to scoop one of those up. I talked to Jeremy Densmore from the Antler Up podcast. He had a lot of good things to say about that pack as well. I know a lot of guys that are running that. That's pretty slick. I think it's also if it were me, and I was one sticking, I would obviously I'm a fanny pack guy. I like to take as little with me as possible. I would keep my ropes and stuff in my fanny pack if if it were me, which. When I do this, that's probably what I'm going to do. Cause I've seen those roll pouches and stuff and stuff that you keep on your side, but even just taking a tether and a lion's lineman's belt, my tethers or my saddle starts to sag a little bit. Yeah. And see, that's the thing too, about, you know, you kind of got to decide if you're going to, you know, if you get the mad rock, uh, you might as well climb with your, uh, with your rappel rope. I mean, because it's the way that that system works, it kind of, it works like a, like a ropeman, um, but you can repel with it. So, 
if if I was going to spend the money on a mad rock, I would just use my rappel line to climb with. And, you know, if you're going to climb with it, you want it on, you know, the side of your saddle somehow. Or, I mean, if you have like, you know, if you have a way to put it in your pack and then, you know, I guess that could work too, but it might be a little cumbersome. Um, so that's why, I mean, I don't, I don't have a mad rock, so that's why I climb with my tether. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot more manageable because I don't have, you know, 40 foot of rope hanging off my side. Yeah, that seems like it could be a pain in the ass. And it also might seem where you have to, you maybe have to search a little bit more for the right tree if you have all that rope hanging off. Of course. And, uh, you know, the thing with, uh, you were talking about fanny packs is I love, I love like lumbar packs. Like, um, I had a monster fanny, man, those that's, that's my favorite style of pack. The problem with the, with those bigger one sticks is, it's, you know, there's where the, where you've got the top platform, normally it's really difficult to carry those on any kind of a fanny pack. Um, the one thing about the Bob that I forgot to mention, that's my favorite. One of my favorite aspects of that is the, the platform will fold flat. So normally, you know, it's sitting like this with your one stick. You can fold that up flat, and so it's flush with your pack. And that's really slick, man. It's that, this is the slickest setup ever with that with that frame pack that I'm running. Yeah, that man, he, that Matthew Garrison is a genius. That's like thinking about everything there because that was one of the biggest problems. Like, how do you store those sticks with the giant ass platform on the top of it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, now, like with you know, with this one stick, I can use any pack. Like, it, you know. It, it really opens up the doors, you know, cause before I would always try, like, I would like, like a pack or like a fanny pack style. And then, um, like really like how the pack was laid out, but you know, had no good way to carry the sticks or a platform. Um, now like, you know, like a pack, like you have, like the, uh, what were you running? It was a sick of tool belt. Yep. Yeah. So you can just strap those sticks right to the, um, right to the bottom of the pack. Now, where, where are you putting your, your platform on that pack? I run the, right now I have the hamper and I just clip it okay. in the back of the hamper and I can reach it. But I just got the um, tethered predator pack and I'm going to attach the predator pack to the sector tool belt. And I'm actually, I'm toying with something right now. Um, marsupial gear makes a lumbar belt and then they make, it's like a modular belt and they make a, you seen it? It's so slick. I love it. That's, uh, I've got their vinyl harness. I would like to have the whole system. Um, I thought about trying to run that system for turkey hunting, like you said, with that, uh, with that lumbar pack. And then they're, um, they have a hydration pack that all connects. It all yeah. connects to that vinyl harness. So it's like a one big, one big system. Yeah. It looks pretty badass. What I, th well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get that lumbar belt and get that pack that goes on it, put my pouches on that. And I'm going to run that tethered, predator pack attached to that belt and i will carry my sticks underneath the predator pack my platform in the predator pack and then that lumbar belt's going to be for my other stuff that i need to bring so that should that's like down. the uh that's like the zach Farnball set up with the, the predator pack and the fanny pack that is the slick setup and he doesn't yeah. even saddle hunt really i mean he, he just hunts off the ground but i think he i think he puts his like bladder in there and some extra layers and stuff like that but yeah, yeah slick system. I think it. I think that'll be good because I also think that lumbar pack from marsupial is a little bit smaller, so it's gonna it'll slim me down on it. That's one of the things I find with that Sitka tool belt. It's actually quite big for yeah. myself. If I'm not carrying in camera gear, I just have a lot of room. And the only reason I wear yeah. it sometimes is because it's the way I transport my sticks. Sometimes there's nothing even in the bag. It's just the way I transport my sticks. So if I can eliminate, yeah, and I mean, there's, you know, there's always, uh, you know, sick of haters and, you know, I can understand that to an extent with, with the prices, but I mean, just the way that their stuff is, it's just so well thought out. Like with that, uh, with that tool belt, adding the, the hamper on it for layers is, I mean, that was genius. Like nobody's done that, you know, cause if you're, if you're a fanny pack guy, you really don't have anywhere to put, you know, if you're hunting late season, like, you know, where are you going to put your bibs or your, you know, heavy coat? So they, <clears throat> they solved all the problems there on that end. And it adds shoulder straps. When you put your sticks on the bottom of it, you can support the weight a little bit more without it. It'll sag with the shoulder straps. It's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty nice system. I, I haven't needed a reason to change, but I just recently came across that marsupial gear stuff and 
it looks really nice. I want to play around with it. Okay, back to one sticking. We need to go through the entire process from the base of the tree to hunting height. What what is necessary? How do I do this? Okay, so in your in your best uh, audio form. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you know, I wish that I had the time to be able to uh, explain to guys exactly how it's done. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely no expert at it. You know, I'm, I've only been doing it for like a year and a half, but okay. So let me try to walk you through this. So let me just walk you through how I do it. That might be easier. Uh, So I'll set stick. I'll set the stick probably usually the, with my aider. So I have a two-step aider. So my cam plate is about my forehead. Um, so you just set the stick, you know, you climb to the top of the platform. Um, from there, you would attach your tether or you can do it on the ground. Uh, you know, I would obviously recommend you, you be attached to the tree, even if you're six foot off the ground. Um, so you, this is where it kind of gets tricky because you have to figure out um, how, much, uh, how much adjustment you need to take in your tether. Uh, so normally I'll try to throw the tether up as high as I can reach it. And then you kind of have to play around because you got to be able to reach down and grab that stick. And if you're, if you don't have enough adjustment in that tether um, lowered, then you're not going to be able to reach that stick. Uh, the the thing that I used to I used to struggle with with moving the stick is I would just try to lean off the side of the tree and kind of like hold myself there, and it was just a struggle. Like I just I don't I mean, it it was just terrible. You know, you're just going to be a sweaty mess if you're if you're struggling to get that stick. So what I like to do is I'll, uh, I'll kind of get to the side of the tree and I'll just wrap my legs around it. Let's just like pretty much bear hugging the tree with my legs. So I'm stationary at that point. And then and I don't know if this is right, but I'll reach over with my right hand. Um, so I'm on the right side of the tree. I'll reach over with my right hand, pull the pull cord on the one stick, uh, pull it up. And then I'll just slowly take the amstel out of the cleat. Okay. So this whole time you're just hanging there. I mean, you're not, you shouldn't be exerting any energy in this process. If you are, then you're not doing it right. So you just need to um, just be calm with it, um, slow movements, um, just take your time. And uh, so then from there, you just pull that one stick up. Um, and then I try to reach that one stick as high as I can, as high as I can put it. Uh, so normally me, I'm only five, nine, so it's not going that high, you know. <laughs> um, but on that, on, on most one sticks, it'll have like a little, it has like a groove for your rope to set in. So it'll pin the stick to the tree. Right. Um, and that's normally in the center of the platform. Most of them have it. Like if you look at the big Bob uh, in the center of the top platform, there'll be a, like a little indention for your rope and it just sits there and pinches that to the tree. Um, and then you just run, you just run the rope around, put it back to the cleat, set the stick, <clears throat> just like you would any other stick, just pull it out and set the stick. And then you start climbing your aider. Now, the thing to remember when you're doing this is you always want to be advancing your tether up the tree. So um, for every step you take, you should be moving that tether up a step. You don't want any slack in the system, you know, because even like a four foot fall, you know, you could break your hips doing that. So you want to you want to make sure it's a no slack system. That makes a lot of sense. The one thing I forgot to mention, when I start, I like to have my bridge really short. Um, that just keeps everything kind of compact and close to me. Um, but when I get to hunting height, obviously I adjust my bridge to, you know, where I want it, adjust my tether. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same process. You're just, you're just repeating all the steps and, you know, you can get as high as you want, you know, as long as you've got enough rope to come out of the tree, you can, you can go, you know, I mean, as high as you want. Normally I don't really hunt trees. You know, I hunt where I can find cover. You know, if I don't have any cover, I'm not going to hunt that tree. So, you know, I could be, I may not even make a move. You know, if I can find good cover, you know, eight foot off the ground, I'm just going to set the stick one time. Um, now, normally where I hunt in Kentucky, uh, we have a lot of like big wood stuff, uh, Appalachian Mountains. So normally the cover, I mean, you've got to go above 10 feet to hit that cover in most spots. You know, that's that's obviously not for, for every location, but it seems like on average, I make about three moves every single time. And how high are you, are you getting um, with that third move? You know, that's a good question. I've never actually measured it. I would, uh, I would have to guess I'm probably right around, um, 18 feet, maybe a little bit, it, I would say 16 to 18 feet. It just depends on how far stretched those moves. 
but normally three moves is my max. You know, I usually don't go over three moves because at that point, I, I just feel like I'm getting too high. I feel like my shot angles get worse. So, you know, if I'm if I'm at anywhere from 15 to 20 feet and I have cover, I'm happy. Cool. Yeah, I like that. So compare. you've never done like four sticks in, set them on the tree and go, have you? I have. Okay. Okay. I, so uh, I used to, well, I would do three sticks and then a saddle platform. Okay. All right. So from yeah. climber to that, to one sticking. Okay. Yeah, correct. From one sticking compared to taking your three sticks in like a, a regular Joe's doing going up a tree. What are the benefits other than the weight that you found with one sticking compared to taking three sticks with you? I actually had some, I used to run preset stands before the kind of during the climber situation. Um, but I kind of just went totally away from anything that was preset. So the, I don't have any kind of preset trees, you know, nothing. Um, I would say the benefit with the one stick for me is, um, you know, I always felt like, and this is something that I heard that, you know, Zach, Zach Farenbaugh from the hunting public was talking about is if you've got, if you've got four sticks in a platform and, you know, you go into a spot and, you decide that it looks better to hunt off the ground, but you have those four sticks in a platform, you're going to feel obligated to hunt from a tree. And that's exactly the problem that I have with that climber. You know, I would take that 30 pound climber way up into the woods and then, you know, not find a good, a good tree for a climber and then just try to make something work when I should have just been sitting on the ground. Right. Cause you know, a lot of my hunts are from the ground, you know, to be honest, uh, but with a one stick, you know, you're only carrying four and a half pounds for that one stick plus your, you know, your, your ropes and stuff. But I mean, you know, I'm not carrying nearly as much as I used to. So, if, you know, if I can find a good spot on the ground and, you know, and, and there's no good trees around, I can just sit on the ground and I'm not burdened with all that weight of carrying four sticks in a stand, you know, like most guys are doing. It, come, it goes from being your method to just a tool that you have with you. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Do you have the same issue with a climber where you need to hunt for a tree more or is it pretty? hundred percent. Yeah. Because like, um, you know, with a climber, it's like you're, you're so limited to the, you know, and you're just so limited to the trees you can climb because if you've got limbs, you know, it's like, it's, it's game over. If you got a leaning tree or, you know, you can, you can get it done, but it's, it's kind of sketchy, you know, the entire time. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to dog climbers. I, I mean, there's definitely a time and a place, I feel like, for some guys to use climbers. I mean, they're super comfortable. Um, you know, people have been killing deer, killing deer out of them for years. Uh, I just feel like with a climber, exactly what you said, you're just trying to hunt a tree. And I'm not I'm not in the woods to hunt a tree. I'm trying to hunt deer, right? Yep, 100%. Are there any limitations to what trees you can pick with a one sticking? You know, that's a great question. I haven't found one yet that I, I didn't think that I could climb. I guess, I, I don't know, really a better way to put it is all the trees that I could climb with three sticks, I can climb with a one stick. I mean, you know, over limbs, you know, it doesn't matter. You can, you can hunt any tree and you're not limited to the height of, you know, three or four sticks. You know, three or four sticks, you're getting the same height every time. If I, you know, if, if, if the situation calls that I hunt 30 feet, you know, that I can climb to 30 feet, or if I need to hunt at 10 feet, I can climb to 10 feet. You know, it just, it just really depends on the situation, but it's so, so versatile. I mean, cause you know, like I said, you're not, you're not limited at all to what you can do. That seems to be the biggest benefit to me. Cause I've been in that situation so many times where I have three sticks with me. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm forced to hunt lower. I have to get, I have to make this work yeah. lower because I can't go any higher. So that seems to be exactly outside of the weight, that seems to be the biggest benefit in my eyes is the versatility. You could just keep going if you had to. And if you're like John Eberhart trying to hunt 30, 30 feet in the air, <laughs> like you have no limitations. Yeah, no. That seems to be um, a pretty big benefit there. So I, as you're climbing, what's uh, I know speed's not like getting set up quickly is nothing to be proud of or not. I mean, you need to be quiet. But is there a speed benefit or does it take you longer or do you have to prep more when you get into the woods? I felt like when I, when I first started hunting with, 
uh, with climbing sticks and the platform, uh, you know, coming from a climber, I could zoom up a tree and a climber. Um, with the sticks, it was all, you know, I always felt like I had to try to be fast. And I'm not really sure why, because I've come to learn over the years that, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot better to be steady and take your time going up a tree. Um, you know, I'm not really worried about speed, but I will say with the one stick, um, once you get that system down, man, it is crazy how fast that you can be up a tree, like way faster than setting, uh, four sticks. And then, you know, when you, when you're coming down, you're not having to take all those sticks off the tree. Right. So you're just, you're just, uh, repelling down, grab your stick. You're on the ground. I mean, it's, it's literally, there's, there's nothing easier than that. I think I always the- hated taking off sticks off the tree. Like I used to, I used to run um, the wild edge steps, the step ladder, and I loved them. But I was always like, "Man, this takes way too long to take." You know, eight of these things off the tree, like it's just taking way too long. That was one of the. That's one of the questions I get all the time about saddle hunting and um, taking your platform down and then taking your sticks down. That's one of the biggest gripes a lot of people have, and that's like the coolest thing in the world. You just take that last stick or take your stick off, and then see. You're on the ground. What's the, I, well, I have a couple more questions about the, the climbing process. And then I want to talk about repelling. Do you ever have any worries on making too much noise? Do you ever feel like you're making too much noise or do you feel like you make less noise now? I definitely make less noise now. Um, you know, before, uh, I was always trying to, you know, silence all my equipment, which I still do. But like, you know, when I, when I was running sticks, they were always fully still stripped. Um, but it seems like even after all that, you always have something, you know, clanging together. Um, uh, I never really liked the sticks being on the side of my saddle cause they're always just kind of beating off the tree and on your legs and swaying all over the place. So, I mean, I would say I'm definitely more quiet with the one stick for sure. Yeah. The only thing that you have rubbing against a tree is a rope. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you really take your time with it, uh, you can be like deadly quiet. You know, like when I had that climber, it was like super hard to, to stay quiet with that thing. Those are loud. <laughs> no doubt. So you get to hunting height, you have your hunt, whatever you kill a buck, you don't kill a buck. Let's say you just killed the biggest buck of your life. You had that one stick up in the tree, killed the biggest buck of your life. How do you get from hunting down to the ground? Step by step. Okay. So my, my process is a little bit more complicated than, than most guys. Um, like if you're already hooked up to your, your, uh, your 40, your 40 foot of the uh, rappel line, you can just, uh, you know, rappel out. Like if you already have your mad rock, you just drop the rope out of your, out of your pack or your, your dump pouch, I guess, <clears throat> and just drop that to the ground. Um, and then you need to, uh, I have, uh, like 35 feet of paracord uh, stashed away in one of my pouches. Uh, you put that behind your your scaffolding knot on your uh, rappel rope. That way you have, you know, you have a way to pull that out of the tree, right? So what I would do in my situation is I got to switch. Um, I'll put my rappel rope on the tree. I'll get my device set up on that rope, um, hook all that into my bridge. And then from there, I'll take my tether off the tree um, then I'll pull out my 35 foot of paracord, put that behind, uh, the knot on my rappel line, and then I'll start the rappel. And then from there, I just work the device. I step down the stick. Uh, and then when I get to the bottom of it, I'll step off of it, take that off the tree. Um, and then I'll just repel all the way, all the way to the ground. And then once I'm at the ground, um, that's when I'll take that paracord and pull on it. And you can just pull that rope right out of the tree. And I always see a lot of guys. I had a guy the other day ask me about this. His name is uh, Michael Lucanen. I think he has a YouTube channel somewhere in Cincinnati doing some hunts. Uh, he was asking me the other day about, you know, how do you get that that rope out of the tree if it, if you went over limbs? And when I first started, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, how, how are guys getting this out of the tree? Um, but it's, you know, it's super simple. You just keep pulling that rope and eventually – uh, the end of your rope will pull through the front of it, right? So if you've got like a quick link, um, it, which is how you attach, you know, the rope around the tree, um, it'll just pull through itself. So, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can be in the gnarliest, nastiest limbs and you just keep pulling on that, on that paracord and it'll just come right out. 
That seemed to be the I've most. I've never confusing. had to get stuck at all. That seemed to be the most confusing thing for me too. Is yeah, like I okay, I get it. You take, you make your moves, you get up, pull off to the side, but getting down, it's like okay, you rappel down, but now you're 40 feet or 20 feet or whatever below your rope. It's like how in the hell right you get that thing <laughs> right. down? Yeah, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. No, you just yeah, you just keep pulling it and it'll come out of. I've never had. I've never had my rope get stuck in a tree. Now I have, there was one time that I repelled out of the tree and forgot my paracord on the rope. So I couldn't retrieve my rope. So that you, you don't want to do that because you have to reclimb the whole tree and it's terrible, <laughs> especially at the end of a hunt when it's dark and you're just trying to, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't have a good hunt and you're just trying to head back home <laughs> and you have to stay there because you have to reclimb that tree. <laughs> yeah, it I, sucks. Might, I might be going back and getting some climbing sticks and coming back and getting it later. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any accessories that you're like man if you're gonna do this if you're gonna be one sticking and try this out don't do it without these products so i would say you know with the stick set up um cam cleat i mean i feel like that's a must i don't you can do it other ways but you know like i said before you're going to be kind of miserable because it's so difficult to move a stick without that cam cleat so if you're going to get into the into the one sticking game, you're definitely going to want to look at getting a cam cleat. I mean, really, in terms of accessories for one sticking, it's really just you know whatever suits you. Like if you're you got a certain um, budget that you're looking to stick with, you know you could get a figure eight for like fifteen dollars, and then you know you can repel. Or you know I've seen guys that have used like a some kind of a friction hitch, like a Munner's hitch, and they can just use that to repel. So, I mean, there's no money involved with that if you already have some, you know, some like, uh, if you have like an old, old prusik laying around or something or some kind of uh, friction hitch cord, you can just make your own uh, hitch. And there's plenty of videos on YouTube of how to do that. So, um, you know, really, you don't have to spend that much money. I feel like, you know, looking, looking at it from the outside in, it seems like that everything is really, you know, it definitely can be, but you can, you can do it on a limited budget for sure. Yeah, I would say, I mean, you need less things. You need the, the whole idea with one sticking is taking less stuff with you. So if you have to spend a little bit extra more money on those less things compared to taking more things and spending more money on those too, I, I think it's, I, I don't know, I've seen some of the prices and I don't know that it's going to be any cheaper, but I wouldn't say it's going to be any more expensive than getting a, a regular mobile setup and getting up a tree. 100%. I mean, you know, if if you're really serious about this mobile game, I mean, you've probably already spent, you know, like if you're getting a really nice, you know, lightweight hang on, you're looking at $500 and then sticks, you're also looking at, you know, three, $400. You can buy cheaper sticks or you can buy, you know, cheaper stands. But, you know, if you're already mobile hunting and you already have some of the stuff, you kind of know what, the, what your budget is going to be for that. What I did in my situation is I have bought and sold, <clears throat> I would say a hundred, hundreds of saddle hunting equipment on the classifieds and you can uh you can post that stuff on there man and somebody will snatch your stuff up quick so if you want to buy buy and sell to have a budget for one sticking you can just you know if you really want to get into it you can sell off your stuff and and go that route too and then you know if you don't like one sticking you can just sell that on there pretty easy too yeah that's that's a marketplace that always has a shortage there's always people looking for stuff there's always people trying to get more sticks or trying new things. So you'll have no trouble getting rid of any of it. So before no. we get, before we get off here, it's November 1st, this coming fall, head to toe, walk me through your setup from what you're wearing, what you're taking with you, what your bow looks like, what arrows you're shooting the whole nine yards. Okay. So man, honestly, a lot of stuff has changed this year in terms of my gear list. I'm trying to go really, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to simplify my my stuff because I feel like I've over the years I've collected a lot of camo, a lot of gear that I don't really need. Um, so you know, ending last year, I started going more towards solids, and I know that's something that you have talked about, like especially the the merino wool solids from First Light and some other brands. Um, I'm trying to go mostly solids this year, so my camo is kind of getting phased out and just going to be used for turkey season. It seems like every year I switch up my packs. So my plan right now is to run. Um, I've got that Everly Stock mainframe pack. Uh, I really want to start just quartering out during the woods, man, because, you know, it, 
up here in Eastern Kentucky where you have to climb these mountains and then you have to drag a deer. So, you know, you, you kill the deer, then you have to go back to the truck, get the sled or the cart, then hike in another, go back in three miles and then come back out. You know, that's just too many trips. So I'm trying to simplify that process and just start packing out the deer that I kill. So with that, we were talking about that bandit pack. I've got that bandit, that bandit pack on the, on the frame. Everything, all my equipment from grunt tubes, all that stuff goes into the bandit and then onto the mainframe. So if I know that I'm going to be hiking in, um, you know, several miles, I'll just take the frame with me. Um, if I'm going to hunt, you know, close to home or it's a short hike, I can just take the bandit off of the mainframe and none of my gear is switched. I'm just not taking the frame, but I still have all my stuff in the same place. So I'm not switching packs necessarily, if that makes sense. So that's kind of that's kind of my pack situation for now. Um, I'm really really liking that mainframe pack. I think that's going to be a huge huge plus to this season. Arrows. I'm shooting. Uh, I just bought six more of the Vector HMR arrows right after you guys dropped your arrows. Which those those arrows you got are sweet. Those are really really nice. But yeah, I'm running. <clears throat> I'm running the heavy the heavy setup, which I'm kind of. I mean, I've never really shot a lighter arrow. Is there any other like must-have pieces of gear that you're like, man, this is my favorite thing in the world that you just want to share share with everyone? Well, uh, I was in the market for a new bow back the end of season last year, and um, you, it, there's so many good bows on the market right now, man. Like they're, they're you know from you know the Matthew stuff is always good. Beats got really good bows. <clears throat> PSE even you know PSE has some really good bows too now. Um, I had shot probably 20 different bows at, at, uh, at a bow shop locally up here. And, uh, I had decided on an elite bow, which is what I had been shooting in the past. Um, and the bow shop guy, he was like, man, he's like, you've got to, you've got to shoot this bow. I was like, what is it? <laughs> he's like, it's a Martin. I'm like a Martin. He's like, I've, you know, who's that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these people. Um, but I shot that Martin, and man, if that isn't the best shooting bow I've ever been able to put my hands on. Like, it is, it's the Martin DSX bow. And I didn't even know Martin was even still a company. Like, I, you know, I knew that they used to make some old, like, recurves and stuff. Um, but I started shooting that bow, and man, it has been a godsend. I, that, that bow, it was between it and the, uh, the new Elite. I think it's called the Envision. Yep. Um, both of those they were almost identical in my hand, like in terms of the draw cycle, the back wall. Um, and I got a killer deal on that Martin bow because nobody was buying Martins. You know, it was like, he gave me like $400 off of that, of their bow and that's their flagship bow. And it was, you know, it was definitely my favorite bow. So I would, you know, from now on, I'm definitely not going to look at the, uh, at the brand. You know, I feel like before I was always trying to stick with elite, which, you know, don't get me wrong. Elite stuff's really good, but, I was like, you know, I'm just going to shoot whatever feels. I'm just going to try to shoot what suits me. Yeah. I feel like that's been. That's been the, the biggest eye opener for us going into archery is shoot what fits you best. Shoot what you enjoy shooting. Shoot what flies best for you. Because at the end of the day, every tweak and change that you make makes such a minimal difference. 100% you're going to stress yourself the hell out. Like we stressed ourselves out trying to get the best components yeah. and it's just, it's minimal. So shoot what you like, shoot what flies best for you and shoot what, I mean, if you're killing deer with what you have, just keep doing it. Just keep doing 100%, 100%. it. hundred percent. hundred percent. Are you still shooting that Trix? Is that what you're shooting? Matthew's Trix? I bought a Matthew's V3 X this year. Okay. And I kept my Trix because I shoot that Trix so, so well. I was like, I'm going to try out the V3X because I like the new accessories and the way that you mount the site. I like that a lot. But, man, I, I've been shooting them all summer, and I just shoot my tracks so much better. I think that's what I'm going to hunt with this year. I, I have the V3X, but I think I'm going to stick with the tracks. I just shoot it so good, and I drew an Iowa tag this year, and I don't want to be second-guessing my equipment when I'm out there. I, that bow is Absolutely. An, that bow's an extension of me, and I just I need to keep 100%. it that way. I need to just stick with what i'm most confident yeah man that's that's super smart i feel like that's a really good piece of advice for you know any of the listeners is you know like you said if you've got a bow that's shooting well you know don't feel like you have to i mean and, you know that's not really just bows too that's just all hunting equipment i mean like if you've got 
you know, an old set of sticks and an old platform or you've got an old hang on and, you know, you like that system and you're killing deer out of it, then just keep doing that. I mean, there's no need to switch. Like I always get caught up, you know, the new gear, trying to find the best new gear. But, you know, I'm kind of taking a step back and just, you know, realizing what is most efficient, you know, what, what shoots the best, what feels the best. And I feel like, you know, once you get that system dialed in, you don't have to worry about, worry about your gear setup. You know, you just worry about going and killing deer, which is really what it's about at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a good place to leave off here, man. We've been going for a while. You've been pulled over on the side of the road for the last 40 minutes. Yeah, I, oh yeah. I appreciate you doing that and taking the time to sit yeah, down no and problem. talk. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose service up here in Kentucky. So sure. What well, I, again, I appreciate it. Jesse, if, if you want to share, uh, where can people find you? If they have any questions, I'm sure there's going to be people that have questions on one sticking. And if you're open to helping people out, where can they get a hold of you? Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. You can. Uh, I would say the easiest place to look me up on is on Facebook. You just type in my name, which is it's spelled J E S S E M A N N. I live in Ashland, tri-state area. Um, you can you can find me on Facebook and just and just shoot me a message. Um, if you're in that area, you know Southern Ohio, uh, West Virginia, and you want to try out one sticking. Uh, just shoot me a message. I'm more than happy. You can come to my house and we can go in my backyard and, and climb because, man, I, I love doing it. Like, I love sharing my gear. I um, get into saddle hunting and hunting in general. So, <clears throat> you know, if you have any questions on the one second stuff, there's some really good videos from uh, Greg Staggs. If you look up Greg, uh, Greg Staggs on, on YouTube, I'm sure you've seen him. Uh, he's got everything you can think of in terms of one second. Uh, that's where I got all my information and he's, he's been a really big help in that, in that department. That's great advice, man. Well, again, thank you for sitting down with me and taking a little bit out over an hour out of your day for me. I really appreciate it. Course, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you more questions as I dive into getting set up for this stuff. So please keep in contact Absolutely. with me and uh, until next time. All right. Thank you, buddy.